What's challenging Tyler and Brandon with doing therapy? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. we have the answers it's that's why i call you like every other week asking you how to do therapy you're the master like after the, after all these years you don't have any questions yeah yeah we got all the answers yeah i mean i mean really though tyler seriously like we we've seen it all we've seen a lot over the years right <laughs> nothing really shocks you does it no, there's very few things that actually I'm like, oh, I haven't heard that before now. <laughs> Occasionally that comes through, but um, but I still, and, and this is why we're doing the episode, I still do constantly run into questions about my own modalities, the way I'm seeing things, my blind spots, and and also the process of change inside of people. That's constantly, that's a constant puzzle that that I'm trying to solve. Yeah, I mean... It's it's so interesting because I think being a good therapist is being like very confident and knowledgeable and knowing your expertise and very humble and honest that sometimes you don't know what you're doing and you don't have all the answers. And so it's this combination of those two things. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's the definition of humility, right? It's like humility is knowing is having an, an accurate assessment of your strengths and your weaknesses and and the interesting thing, and I have this, I have this situation go through me all the time. And this is why I'm glad we're going to be talking about some of this stuff today, Brandon, is that we learned, you know, you and I started, I don't know how long ago it was, 15, 16 years ago. I don't know. It's been a long time. We've been in this game doing this specific work. And we were taught in a certain way, certain things and certain principles. And some of those principles have continued to hold true through the whole time that we've been doing therapy. But some of those things have actually started to shift and move. Yeah. And, and it's the kind of thing where there are days when you kind of hit a bad, hard case, or you, you kind of hit a wall and, and you don't, you're not doing the normal thing because the normal thing doesn't seem to be working that I, I get in my car and I drive home at the end of a work day and go, am I helping or am uh -huh. I, or do I have the intention to help, but I'm not really, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know? And, uh, and I think that I actually think it needs to be that way because we're constantly going to be the whole goal of recovery is to be growing until we die. Right. And, and the same should be true for us in our profession, I think. Well, it's those cases that push me to like uncover another layer of truth or some training that I need or whatever to say, okay, like I need something more here. And so I'm grateful for, for getting stuck. Yeah. Um, it's like. I'm just thinking of like an example of that, just so that our listeners can understand what we're talking about. It's like when we started, the traditional model of therapy was you get right up in people's grills, you call out their denial, you tell them what's wrong. And, and we mm -hmm. still we still have an element of that that we do that with. But but now we've learned that the best way to be able to have the currency to help with that stuff is to actually start by teaching self-compassion, by removing labels, you know, by removing judgments and, and showing up with this process oriented, self-compassionate sort of a, 
of a way to go instead of the the hard get in your face stuff. Well, it's, it you know it's interesting. Somebody coming in with a shame based disorder, it doesn't really work to shame them to help, <laughs> help them get better. It's like, know? man, I've I've been I've had an addiction for twenty years and I hate myself. It's like, yeah, you suck. Yeah, like, you're the worst. <laughs> you need to change. Can't you see? You need to change. Yeah, but, that, but yeah. that's but that's changed over the years, and 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 I think that's the question that's always going through is man, what else, what else are the blind spots that I'm still living with that I don't even know that I have yet. And, and the best way to do that is to like, be open to the fact that your clients, other therapists, your experience will offer that feedback. If you're willing to look at it and listen to it. Right. I think it's hard though, Tyler. And before we get into these questions is, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot on the line. You feel like, you know, you're fighting for people's families, for their for their souls, for their peace, for their happiness. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm like, like messing it up here. I don't have all the answers I'm learning myself. And so it's this, it's pretty brutal for therapists to, to, you know, to, to go through this learning process and, and you got to kind of surrender it to God a little bit of God put that client with you for a reason for their good as well. You're, you're, your lack or your, your, you know, deficiencies might be what they need right now too. And so hopefully you can be humble enough to grow and to learn from those things. So then when the next client comes along, you know how to handle it and what to do. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing of surrender that a therapist has to do all the time of like, cause I can look back and say, man, I've, I've messed up a lot through the years and I have, mm-hmm. Um, but that was part, that was my learning process. That was my growth. And, and some of the collateral damage to my learning was some pretty important stuff for, for people's lives. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I don't have them. God has them. Yes. And so I need to surrender that over and just do the best that I possibly can. And so that's what I tell our therapists here all the time. Like, look, you just do the best you possibly can learn, be confident. Um, you are skilled, you know what you're doing and there's going to be things where you have to learn still. Yeah. I remember, I remember being in graduate school a long, long time ago and I went into my supervision and sat down with my supervisor and I had a really hard case and I was just like so distraught. And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, you know, we, we did the case staffing and he basically like, after we did the case staffing, he stopped me at the end of my supervision and said, I just want you to know something. And I hope you can remember this the next time you're in a hard session like that, that you may not have all the answers, but anything you give those clients is better than what they've currently got. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. <laughs> and yeah. and that, that was his way of like offering me compassion and saying, go grow, like go, go get better. Stop and being perfect. Yes. Yeah, stop stop needing to be, to stop needing to be perfect before you can actually help somebody. Because the truth is, is if, if all of us had to wait until we were perfect to help somebody else, nothing would ever get done. All right. So with that, give me all of your deficiencies. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. It's okay. So yeah. So so um, there's a few things kind of going through me right now that I'm kind of puzzled with, and and I know you have some too. So maybe we can just swap back and forth for a second. Yeah. I think uh-huh. let's manage time a little bit because I think we could go on and on about whatever one we threw out first. So let's say let's take maybe ten minutes or so for each. Maybe we'll get through two or three of them. Okay. That sounds good. 
Do you want, do you want to start with one or you want me to go? No, no, go ahead. Okay. So, so this is one that I've been kind of running into a little bit with actually several couples that I'm working with. You know, we've talked, we've preached for a long time, this idea of there's three recoveries that need to happen. There's his, there's hers. And then if you both do your work, then ours will also take place with consistent effort and action over time, all that stuff. I, I believe that stuff to be true. And I've seen that to be, to bear itself out, but I've got a couple of couples that I would say, if I, if I'm looking at it from my perspective, I see her really working hard. She's really working hard on her own recovery. She's really working hard on trying to learn how to be patient, understanding and boundaried inside the marriage. And then on the other side, we've got him and he's appears to be working hard and he's working hard, not in just the ways of like getting sober, but he's really trying to step into this place of, um, he's trying to step in this place of authenticity where he can own his own thoughts, his own values, his own feelings. And, and according to how we've seen things in the past, if both people are doing that, then the marriage should actually be getting better too. And that doesn't appear to be the case with some of these couples. They're actually like hitting a sticking point where the marriage doesn't, isn't growing the way that I would anticipate it when I see the individuals doing that work. Um, okay. Does um, that make sense? Totally. I, I, I think I understand your, your question, which is like, man, they're getting into recovery. Shouldn't the, the like healthy attachment start to work and then the relationship fall in line and it's, and they want to work. save the relationship. They're both saying, yes, I want to save the relationship. They they desire to save the relationship, yet the relationship is not working. Yeah, it's not getting better. And so your question is kind of like, what the what the heck? Like this isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, it's like I'm puzzled by that. And then the only answer that I can come back with with to my clients oftentimes is, well, based on the principles that I know and understand and believe this must be, but this could potentially just be a difference in you guys' own personal values with each other. And maybe, maybe you're highly compatible in these areas and you're still not compatible in these certain values. And that's where the sticking point is. Um, but yeah. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, so, so Tyler, here's, here's something to consider is, you know, we, I think we get pretty caught up in if, if everything's going to turn out the way it's supposed to, that means somebody will be like, happily married. And the fact of the matter is, is their relationship, that relationship part of the healing might take place um, because they get really authentic and really honest with themselves. And what that means is they might realize that they're not really compatible and that they're not really meant to be married. And so they can have an amazing relationship when both of them are in recovery, um, but face the fact that God doesn't want them to be married and that um, that's not really the, what's best for either of them. Um, if they get, if they were in like perfect recovery, both of them, right. Then they're perfectly living in their truth. And I know that doesn't exist. That's an oxymoron. <laughs> they're perfectly living in their truth and they're in perfect recovery. Um, then that means you face the hard realities of life and you don't betray those realities or those truths. And so if they're betraying realities and truths in order to force themselves to stay married, 
then that is counterproductive to recovery and that will hurt their relationship. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think that's maybe maybe what you're saying and that's maybe one of the sticking points I'm coming to. So if I were to give maybe just kind of a general example here, okay? If if both people are living in their truth and let's say she's her truth is, hey, this is my view on say this is my view on how a relationship should be that it should be where I have 100% fidelity in it sexually, emotionally, um that I'm not really okay with certain things that he wants to be doing in our relationships on the sexual level. Uh But I also want to stay with him. We're really great friends. We have similar values. We, we have a bunch of kids together. We want to stay together. And he's over here and saying, well, I agree with all of those things. And if I'm being authentic, I'm okay with some of these other values that are different than hers. I, I would be okay with these other things on this scale of, sexuality that maybe she's not okay with. And if I'm honest, then it triggers her. Um, And then she's like, well, I don't know if I want to stay, but if I'm not honest, then I'm really not working recovery either, but I also want to stay in our marriage. And um, what do I do with that? You know, but, but Tyler, I think there's a process of kind of negotiation and compromise in, in a relationship like that. So there, there's certain things that are deal breakers, right? Like if, if, I'll like if he came, if he came by and he was like, honestly, if I'm being authentic, I'm totally okay with an open relationship. Right. And she's, and she's like, that does not work for me. Right. Right. So, so that might mean in my truth and his truth, they, they're, they shouldn't stay married. Right. Probably. They, or, or what you're saying is that there should be a compromise there that one of them is going to have to say, well, even though I would be okay with it, I'm going to choose not to because I want to hold on to the relationship. Yeah, but that compromise needs to be genuine. So it needs to be, I, 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 honest to goodness in my truth can say I'm okay to give here some and not mm-hmm. resent them and not hold it yes. over their head. And, and so like the, the, the kind of friction and struggle in the marriage is going to be good husband. You're showing up honest, good wife. You're showing up honest that we, we haven't had that in the past. So at least we got yeah. trust. We got, yeah. <laughs> we, got we got some truth a now. foundation of some trust here. That's awesome. And what do you know? This truth is terrifying for both of us. Yikes. But at least we got the truth. Okay. So we got yeah. that going on. Yeah. So now how do we navigate the truth on, on each side? And there's going to be some values that, that might say, okay, I appreciate that we have trust, that we have a relationship. I can't be in a marriage if that is your truth, like honest to goodness. Like, yeah. Or I can be in a marriage, but this is going to be a hard one for me to figure out how to navigate. But I'm going to look at some options of things that I can do to make this work for me. Um, yeah. And, and there might be some options. There might not be some options. And this is where with a good therapist, you can kind of say, okay, like if, if his values are this and he wants to do that and your values are this and you want to do that, then how can, how can this work in order for you guys to maintain this trust and connection and both of you get your needs met? Um, that can right. work. That can work. Or it means facing the reality that it can't work. And you need to move on. Yeah. And that's the that's the wrestle. And then I also wonder. I know we'll get it to yours next. Here, just let me wrap this one up really oh, quickly. You're, you're good. One other thought that I'm having with this is is that I also have my own set of values that's in play here. Yeah. 
And so when people come to me and they say certain things that are that are different than my values, like let's just, I'm just using this example of this open relationship. I personally don't see the benefits to open relationships. I, I see more damage than good there. And so it's hard for me to go, I guess in my head, I'm thinking, is this is this your ego that's saying that that's who you really are, or is that actually who you really are? Is this is this is this the sickness of the addiction that's speaking, or is that or is that truly authentic? But but Tyler, that's our job. I think as the therapist is to help flush that out, right? Like, is this denial? Is it manipulation? Or is this you having the courage to show up authentic? And and your client will. And, and and you do got to be careful of your own, we call it counter-transference yeah. of, of like your own stuff coming into the mix here. But, but also Tyler, your intuition and your truth is important in this equation. So you don't want to just like meet the client where they're at and just say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should just totally go live in your manipulation and your denial. Like if your gut saying. My guts, my guts saying in this, in this particular example, my gut would be saying this is this is the protective ego that's speaking and not the authentic person. Well, let me ask you this question. Will, if this person goes along with this thing, right, whatever they're believing in, will they find themselves in similar suffering down the road? What, what do you think? Absolutely. Okay. And And I think even when, if I bring that up on a, on a, on a, what I would call a broken moment in a good way, they'll they'll acknowledge that and go like, yeah, I kind of know where this ends, but, but it's also me. Okay, then just sincerely right. um, be in that reality that that's what you're going to create in your life, and just own it. Um, just just own that, and and yeah. you probably you might be in therapy again in two three years from now, just with a different person, yeah. um, or whatever. But just know that this is kind of what you're where you're at, and that's what you're signing up for. But, and and also know why, like why what what need does this meet for you, and um just so it's all on the surface, we're all aware of yeah. it and you're very conscious of it. Usually when you help people get conscious and honest with themselves, then they'll, they'll admit like, yeah. Like, okay. I know like, that. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's not really what I want. Um, and so I, I think there's a space Tyler too, of like, let this couple or these couples or whomever like, wrestle in this space for a yeah. minute, right? And and navigate this space for a minute. This, this is a better space than hiding on each end. Yeah, I, I think dark, I actually see it as progress in certain ways. It's just that there's that, it, we, we always refer to it in the in our podcast as the messy middle. And I guess that's maybe what it is, but it's it's a messy middle in a little bit different way than other couples that I see. Yeah. And, but it's but, but I've seen this in several couples now. So right. anyway. Right. But for both of them to navigate that is actually good for each partner because it's helping them really check in with their intuition, see if they're in denial, learn how to speak up and be honest about where they're at. And they might be a little frustrated or annoyed by what their partner's saying, but trying to be compassionate and understanding to their partner through the process. And, you know, we always, I think we hope for them to stay married, to have kids together. And we, we hope for that. But if you cling to that too hard, then you'll, one or the other will have to sell out yeah. in order yeah. for the, the marriage to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
That's a good one. I like good. it. Good. Right Thanks, um, man. Yeah. Um, uh, one last thing, and then I got a question for you. And you know this, but I'm just going to say it. Um, with rela- the relationship recovery piece of it, um, usually, uh, just, just realize this, usually the relationship gets harder and messier and more painful before it starts to get better. Because it gets more real. Yeah. And so, so that's what you're, you're seeing this couple go into that place and you're kind of in the midst of it with them of like, Hey, like you're both good people. Like just make this work. Well, they're right. They're right. They're making it work um, in this messy middle. Yeah. And, and so that's, it's great. You just help them navigate and stay honest, both sides, stay honest and stay boundaried in their healthy ways. And then kind of let the cards fall where they may chips fall where they may, so to speak. Excellent, Brandon. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Okay, your turn. Okay. All right, I got, I got, uh, <laughs> this is actually like, I can think of like three or four couples um, with this type of scenario. Um, it's interesting because it's kind of, it's kind of opposite of what you said a little bit. It's so, so um, he started his, addiction, porn use. Um, and, and when I say he, this is a, this is all these couples, right. Mm-hmm. Um, at a very young age, um, was very religious and, um, hit it, hit it, hit it, um, got married and, uh, you know, 15 years later, here they are. And in the meantime, um, so, so the problem in their marriage is his pornography addiction, right? He needs to fix the pornography addiction. He's been so, doing it for so long. And, and he's doing something. I mean, these guys, they're not like out sleeping with prostitutes and those type of things. He's, you know, they're, they're looking at porn and they're masturbating. I'm not trying to minimize that in any way. Um, <clears throat> but that is the bull in the China closet. That is the thing in the marriage. And, in the meantime, the wife is not healthy herself. So um, the thing that's really the, the, like focused on the spotlight is on his porn problem. And he's Mr. Nice Guy, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm the problem. I'm trying to get better. I'm going to all these meetings and I'm doing all this therapy and I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to get better. And in the meantime, she's off cheating on him. Um, she's off acting out herself in many different ways, um, or spending massive amounts of money or j- just like very unhealthy, some other form of acting behaviors. Out, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, you know, emotionally abusing the kids or like all kinds of kind of unhealthy, horrible behaviors going on, they come into therapy and the only thing that wants to be focused on is his pornography problem and um, both by him because he's Mr. Nice guy. Who's like, yeah, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. Although she, and and if she does all these things, I don't want to talk about that. The reason why she does those things is because I have this problem. Mm -hmm. He's taking responsibility for her behaviors too. He's, he's shielding her from having to look at herself. Yeah. And, and, uh, and she, if, if the spotlight shifts over to her just a little bit, he can feel, and I can feel 
that she's going to rage back at that and say, oh, no, you don't. You go back to that monster because yes. he looks at porn. Yes. Um, and so there's there's no desire to actually look within there from her side of things. And there's no desire for for him to have her look within either because she's he's caretaking for her. Yes. And, and I actually believe that he relapses every so often as a way to continue to be the bad guy to, to caretake for her. Hmm. Um, it's like, it's like having, it's like having a 13 year old boy that gets brought into your office cause he's so out of control and it only takes three sessions before you realize that he's actually acting as the scapegoat to their parents' marriage stress. How, how dysfunctional the parents are. And you're saying that yeah. it's almost part of the pattern that this nice guy is like, almost like, man, I, in order to keep the pattern the way that it is and to avoid rocking the boat, I'm going to go relapse, which saying that out loud, I can imagine our listeners are going like, Oh, now you're making your, you're like blame shifting. And that's not what you're doing at all. Right. No, 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 no. That's not yeah. what I'm trying to do at all. No. Um, but, but where the couple stuck is like, I just want them both to be healthy, you know, and I want them both to look at their own stuff so that they can move forward. That's really difficult. You know, I think there's a, there's a couple of thoughts that are coming to my mind, Brandon, uh, from like the therapist perspective. All right. With, okay. with a case like this. Um, and I imagine you're probably already doing some of this stuff, but it's really difficult to, especially when someone who's been wounded or hurt in, in a betrayal kind of a way, you can't, you can't go into that first session and be like, okay, like your husband has his issues, but you have your issues too. And you better figure them out. The only way that you ever kind of, at least in my experience, the only way you ever get to that is, is that you build a relationship that's so trusting, that's so understanding, that's so empathetic, that it feels safe to be challenged. But, but Tyler, here's the struggle. Like, help me with this. It seems like what she lays on the table to build that relationship with her is to talk shit on her husband. And yeah. so, so validate me on how horrible he is. And then I'll like you and then I'll like you enough so that do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but I think that's the challenge. This is the, the same thing we try to teach our clients all the time is empathy is that you can find, you know, you can find some level of validation that doesn't include all of the horrible things she's saying about her husband, you can still validate her feelings about how helpless she must feel or how frustrated yeah. she must feel or how scared she must feel and, and how difficult the fact that she's even saying those things when it's probably out of her character to even say those things means that she's hurting. Like there's ways to, to validate that experience and show understanding. Um, and I do this, I make this mistake way too often in my own practice where I feel like I've got a level of currency with a client that I can then go and do that pushing. And they let you know pretty quickly if they're if they're ready to be pushed or not because they either leave therapy or they'll tell you, hey, you, you don't understand what I'm saying or you don't really care what I'm saying. And, and, then, and then we can step back into that conversation of, well, actually, I think I do. And I... I want to let you know that I understand. And at the same time, I'm here to help. And the way that I've, the way that I'm seeing to help is, is that there needs to be actually more accountability taken on both sides. But, you know. but Tyler, at, it's interesting how you're saying that right then, because you feel like, oh my gosh, you're, you're like what could happen? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I know like, that's the feeling is like, it's like, 
I feel like no matter how much collateral or currency or whatever we want to call it, I have with that client. Sometimes it feels like no matter what, if I shift it to like trying to address some of, some of their issues, Mm -hmm. then, then they're out the door. They're done. They don't want to do any of their own work. Yes. Well, and I think that's, that's the challenge. And maybe this is a little bit of a cop out or something too, but um, I'm thinking of several of my own clients who who no longer come to me because we kind of hit to this pivot point of getting to that spot of saying, Hey, you're going to have to own your own stuff here if you want to get better. And then they, what do you mean own my own stuff? I'm not the one who's done this and that and blankety blankety blank. You're right. And that's a challenge is that you can get stuck as a therapist. I think we can get stuck in the either or of that and go like, yeah, you're right. He did all those things and he's terrible. And, but really we have to stay in that both and space of, you know, that whole, that whole adage that you hear, like your parents, I think mom used to say it to us all the time, like two, two wrongs don't make a right. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, those things are all true. Those are all wrongs. And anything that you've done outside of your own value system here is yours to handle and yours to work on, because that's the only way you have a shot of being empowered and, and being able to move forward with your life. Right. Um, but, but it's hard to do that. If it's, if there's that quick resistance to Nope. Like, you know, but I think that resistance is often a feeling of having still not had their story feel like it's been heard most of the time. Would you say, and I know I'm, would you say like, it's good therapy? Like if I, if I were to get fired, do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah. Like, I mean, okay, let me give, I, let me give I, you an example. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, I think this, this could be true. And this, this did happen. Um, it's happened multiple times in my life where I say something like, you know, we, I say something to one of my guys in group and I say, Hey, look, you need to do this, 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 or this. He then goes outside a group and he rephrases it a little bit because yeah, he's that, too, he's too afraid to actually be, you know, to actually be straight honest with it. And then he basically in essence throws it on her and it's like, yeah, Tyler said that you have all your, yeah. these issues and you need to fix yourself. Yeah, and then your voice is in that, in that house, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then I get an email or a phone call or something that goes, uh, Hey, yeah. did you say this and this and this in group? And I can't believe you would do that. And this, and, and I respond back via call or email. And I say, actually, I do stand by everything that I said there and I love you enough to have to say it. Um, and then what ends up happening is, is boom, they're gone. Like that to me. And again, this might sound like a cop out, but if I go back and I look at that for myself and say, if I had it to do over again, would I have changed what I said to him or to her? And the answer is no, based off of my principles and my values then what I did is, is I did the best therapy I knew how to do based off of my principles and values. And they get a chance to go make choices. And that can still be, that can still be good therapy. I, I uh, you're making me think about a, a case that I had years ago where something like that happened. Um, but it actually ended up opposite where, um, it pushed her to actually really look at herself and look at some of her beliefs and her just, and she had a major breakthrough because it was like, Oh my gosh, like, um, like what Brandon's saying is true. And I need to look at this and, 
And so I'm glad I had the strength enough to sit in that space with, with them as a couple to say like, this is, you know, this is what's kind of causing your suffering here. And I know this is hard. I know this is difficult. Um, and I guess what, to, as you're answering my question, Tyler, I'm thinking it's worth it to me to fight for those people who are, who are ready to do the work, to have some other people fire me at times if I have to sit in truth anyways. And I'm yeah. not out to get fired, but I am out to help, <laughs> help people move forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In the best way, you know how to help them. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's, the, that's where the relationship comes back. If they trust that you love them, they're more willing to listen to it. More willing. Um, yeah. yeah. More willing some of the time. And sometimes they're not, you know, I, I, I trained in DBT. There's a, a like a, a rule that is a, a DBT therapist you have to sign up for, which is, and this is going to sound really, really harsh, but as a therapist, my clients cannot fail. Only I can fail my clients. That's what I have to sign up for, which, which sounds weird because I'm now being Mr. Nice Guy taking on all things. But really what it's getting coming down to is, is that, you know, maybe I'm doing my clients a service if I'm living from my authentic self and sharing my authentic principles and loving them the way that I know how, and they don't fit with me, then maybe I failed them. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and maybe, and maybe that's okay, but it's better for me to fail them and let them find the right fit or to be creative and say, how am I failing them? I need to do better. I need to learn more. I need to get better. Either way, I'm better off and they're better off inside of that by living that way rather than, well, they're just, they're just don't want to work. I guess it's their fault. Right. 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 Yes. Um, that's a good point. So anyway, um, well, thanks Tyler. <laughs> that's, that's a hard one, man. I, I run into that one all the time. And I frequently like it's that self-introspection afterwards, after a client, like, here's, here's something that I think I see a lot kind of goes along with your question it's almost like we as therapists have to put faith in a process as much as our clients have to put faith in a process where I'll see these couples finally have some things that do their individual work. They finally have some things come to a head in their relationship. And it's like any good chick flick, you know, where like 10 minutes there, before the end of always the, movie, the betrayal, there's, there's the fallout where yeah. there was a miscommunication or a lie that gets saying, you know, and, and she ends up leaving and he goes and lives his own miserable life for a while until she's about ready to get on the airplane. And then all of a sudden yep. he comes to his senses. And in a I certain watched that, I watched that movie last night with Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> which one of the thousands there are yeah, right uh, but, hallmark but yeah. <laughs> but but there's but there's actually like some truth to that in the sense that like we have to put faith in that and say ah this one there's a possibility this doesn't turn out but i'm pretty sure it will if these two people just do the work that's in front of them right and 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 more often than not it does but it's like this step into the darkness a little bit and, and being able to as us as therapists to say Ah, oh, let that surrender. It's it's the same, like when you go to the the car lot and you're gonna buy a car and you try to you offer a price and then they offer a price, you have to sit there in silence until they come down, right? Like, <laughs> oh, this is tense, but yep. Hey, and then yeah. finally, one person goes, "Oh yeah, it's that weird like tension there that we yep. have to get comfortable with to say, no, I believe this is gonna turn out the way it's supposed to. I have to put some faith in it too, and I actually have to I have to practice some surrender as well." Right. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um, well, we got through two. 
got, got through yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than we probably could have. We we both could be pretty long winded. So I'm glad we got through two. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate it, Tyler. It's ho- hopefully, you know, as people listen to us, um, I'm hoping two things. I hope they realize one that we don't got it all figured out. And, We're still uh, working. We're still yeah. learning. And and two, I hope, and this isn't for us, but this is for like their therapists. Um, I hope that that it gives them a little bit of compassion and understanding for what it's like for their therapist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. your therapist is working their butt off and they're trying to do what's best for you. And it's very complex and, and nuanced and all these things. And, and so uh, just, to, just appreciate them. Um, yeah, I tell I tell people are awesome. <laughs> I tell people on the first day, and I I would say this to anyone working with a therapist right now that, you know, I tell my clients I say, look, eventually, not today, but one of these days, I'm going to say something that will piss off either you or your spouse or both of you, and if it does, please take two or three days to really think about it before you decide not to come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're warning them ahead of time. You know? <laughs> It's like, cause eventually that's going to happen. Cause that's why, that's why they're there. They want to change. They want to grow and, and growth hurts. It's, it's a difficult process sometimes. Yep. And that's our job as a therapist, not, not to clobber people over the head, but to actually hold that space for that growth. And, yeah. and so it can be really uncomfortable and it takes, it takes some strength. It takes some real strength to, to hold that space and to do the work that we do, Tyler. So not to pat our, ourselves on the back, but maybe a little bit. But yeah. or, your, get... or you guys as therapists, some of you have really good ones and some of you might not have such great ones. But, but if, they're willing to, if they're willing to sit in the space with you not being a little uncomfortable with them, they, they're at least getting something right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So... Um, All right, Tyler. Well, thanks again. Appreciate your help. All right. Have a good one. See ya.